Hey guys, do you love candles as much as I love candles? If you do, you gotta check out Circle E Candles. I'm telling you, their candles are absolutely my favorites. I have been buying candles from Circle E Candles for over 10 years, and my house always smells amazing. They're triple scented. They're also always running specials, so there's always a good discount on something, or if you buy a certain amount, you can get free shipping. I'm gonna add their link in my show notes so you can go check them out yourself. And guys, seriously, this place is legit. They ship all over the United States. So check them out. They're fantastic. And I wouldn't steer you wrong. You know that. So, hey, if I love them, I know you're going to love them. Circle E Candles. You really have to get yourself some. And also, let them know you heard about them from me. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today I'm joined with Vanessa Hogel. She was my very first guest on Because I Want to Know. She's actually a friend of mine. I stumbled upon her on a podcast and fell in love with her, reached out to her, and she was so lovely and gracious and wanted to do my podcast. Was so nice about it. Welcome to the show, Vanessa. Hello. Vanessa, you are a psychic medium. You also are experienced in remote viewing. Like I said, you're a friend of mine. You've actually been to our ranch. You've had a girls weekend with us and we had so much fun. But can you, we did. Can you tell me what the difference is between a psychic and a medium? And then let's talk about your experience in remote viewing. Oh, absolutely. Okay. First and foremost, psychic medium. This is the fun part. This is like what I enjoy doing, being able to explain this stuff, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. Psychic medium is somebody that can see and feel things and energy and this, that, and the other, and a medium is one who specifically speaks to the deceased. That is my understanding of those qualities. Okay. Now, here's the funny thing. It's weird because the public at large, when they look for somebody to have anything to do with the paranormal, they they automatically look for their pedigree, So, or at least we hope they do. And so a lot of people are using that tag, psychic medium, to promote themselves, when in actuality, you can be clairvoyant and be able to do something similar. You can right. be uh, yes. clairsentient, be able to do something similar. You can be telepathic, be able to do something similar. The term psychic medium just kind of encompasses it all, but it it doesn't necessarily mean you're any more special than anybody else. Personally, for me, when I'm explaining myself, I call myself a sensitive, but for mass populist purposes of understanding what I do, we tend to lean towards the phrase psychic medium. Right. Now... Does that make sense, the way I'm explaining No, it, it absolutely does. And, you know, um, I think everybody has their own take on it, but yours is pretty much the general rule from what I understand. Um, and when you and I and the girls were all out at our little girls weekend, we took a walk out on our property and, you know, some of the girls were a little afraid, some of them weren't, but you told me about some things even before you got there. And I don't know if that was remote viewing or if that was kind of a psychic thing. Was that kind of both or how did you feel about that? It's kind of both. 
it's really weird because like remote viewing, when I do it for the most part, I am miles or a hundred miles or even a, a few thousand miles away from the area that I'm viewing because I view for people all over the world or right here in the United States when I'm in the comfort of my living room in Oklahoma, you know? So, I mean, I've remote viewed while I was driving in my car for somebody that was in a state that is three states away. Right. By the way, don't recommend that. (laughs) Not the safest thing to do. Just letting you know. That's like, Um, you know, don't remote view and drive at the same time. But tell, yeah, yeah, right. Don't remote view and drive. (laughs) Bad idea. But I did it. But can you tell us what remote viewing is? I know that the government actually did or had experiments in this. And I don't know if they still do it. They probably do. But can you explain to my audience what exactly remote viewing and what it is for you? Maybe it's different for everyone else, but what is it for you? And what do you think it really entails, the whole preface of it? Well, let me explain the differences between what the government did and probably still does, albeit under the hat, and what I do. Government remote viewers, I want to say... The program was called Operation Stargate, yeah. but I could be wrong No, on that. that's exactly right. Operation that's Stargate, exactly right. yes. Okay. What it's my understanding, what they were doing was very controlled situations looking for specific items or objects or terrain, locations, this, that, and the other from remote viewers under a clinical situation. Okay. So okay. that to me, I mean, I, I think that's awesome. No, that doesn't bother me. Absolutely. And you know what's Uh, cool? It's cool that the government thought that was something that could be done. I mean, let's be honest. That's kind of unusual for the government to take on. It's so new age. It's so different than what I would think the government would think could be done. But the funny thing is, is we call it new age. But in fact, it's been around since the beginning of time. See, that's what's so cool. Okay, tell me more. Okay, so what I mean by it's been around since the beginning of time is, People have always had a certain level of ability. Right, They right. just have to tap into it. Right. Now, the way that I tap into my remote viewing is, okay, here's an example. I'm going to give you an example because it's way easier when I do that. Sure. So I was, um, I was remote viewing for a team out of Sheffield, England. And this was a few years ago. And uh, what they would do is I have WhatsApp on my phone. And we can communicate back and forth with that at costing just a ton of money. And they messaged me that morning. They're six hours ahead. So they messaged me that morning and they said, hey, Vanessa, we're going to go investigate tonight. Send us what you got. And the standard rule that I have is you can't tell me where you're going. Don't even tell me a direction. Okay. I don't want any information. And then I just kind of knock my walls down and just see what comes at me. Right. And so... Throughout that day, I was sending them messages about what I was seeing, what I was feeling, what I was hearing, tasting, smelling, the whole kit and caboodle. Because the images can come in movie form. They can come in still shots. I can actually feel like I'm sitting right there with them. Oh, wow. That's the thing. I didn't realize... I was going to ask you that, and that was one of my questions. You know, what do you see? How do you feel? What are you getting from it? And so this is so interesting. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. It's okay. I mean, I can sometimes I can feel the breeze. Sometimes I can smell what is in the air, you know. I mean, it's, it just depends on the situation, and I never know which way it's going to be. Hence, don't remote view and drive. 
But so what they did is after I sent everything that I, you know, that I had gotten, for lack of a better word, um, after I sent all that to them, I said, okay, this is what I've got so far. I'm good for right now. I got to work, you know. Right, and right. Uh, he messaged me back and he says that he goes, I got to be honest with you. That really doesn't sound like where we're going. Really? Okay. And, okay. Yeah. And, and I said, okay, that's okay. I said, I can't change it because this is what I'm seeing. Right. But right. you let, if I get anything different, I'll let you know. And I didn't. Well, lo and behold, <laughs> they, um, they got to the location they were supposed to go to and couldn't get into it. Oh. So they made a last minute change to a new location that they hadn't been to before. That's the one you read. That's the one I read. Oh, see, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Science so I mean, explain that. Nobody can. Nobody can explain that. Wow. But I remote viewed a place that they didn't even know they were going yet. Okay, so see, that's what's so impressive to me. Well, see, that's part of your psychic ability of going, okay, you're like skip jumping over all the BS that they think they're going to go to and going to the real place. And let me just tell you that part. I love that. The thing is that all of this comes with trusting yourself. And it took me years to learn how to truly trust myself. That's a good point. And say what I was seeing. It took me years to do that. I mean, 10 years ago, if the same situation had happened, when they told me, hey, you know, that doesn't really sound like where we're going, I would have just shut down and been like, oh, my gosh, I'm a suck. I can't do this. What am I doing? <laughs> right. No, I hear you. Yeah. But now it's like, no, I can't change it. And I know I'm right. But if I'm wrong, it's okay to tell me, too. It's okay. Because right. nobody's 100% right 100% of the time. Exactly. And like I said, but you trust yourself. And that's why you're so good at what you do. And you've been doing this for a long... No, you really have. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, to my listeners, she's so good at what she does. Just, oh my gosh. We'll talk about her website later. Anyway, but when she came... Before even she came to our girls weekend, uh, she lives in Oklahoma and we have a little ranch just one county south of Oklahoma. So it wasn't real far for Vanessa. And she came and she loved my friends and they freaking loved her. And... Oh, we just had such a good time. Anyway, tell them the story. This is the very first episode, but tell them the story of when you were driving to our place, what happened to you, what you saw on the side of the road, Vanessa. (laughs) And here I am telling people not to remote view. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) Again, people do as I say, not as I do. Um, But actually, this this wasn't solely remote viewing. No, no, right. Actually, you know what? I don't even know what to call it. That's the funny thing, y'all. I'm not big on labels. That's why I just like to say, you know, I, I just I just know stuff. Because I'm driving to Bowie, Texas, right. from Norman, Oklahoma, where right. I'm at. Right. And I hit this stretch of road, and I look over. There was a Native American to my left. So I'm in the driver's seat. And I'm in my lane. I'm not I'm not all over the place. Right. And he was on a horse riding basically alongside me. And he noticed me and I noticed him. But I mean I knew he wasn't alive. I knew he was dead. Wow. And I mean it it wigged me out just a little, just for a second, you know, just a smidge because I'm not 
infallible. I'm not a robot, you know. I mean, I still get wigged out when something like that happens. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And so I pick up the phone and I called Leslie. <laughs> and I'm like, would you check this out for me? <laughs> and tell me if this is common to the area. And I described him to her and everything. And... You know, and then I continue on my way. Uh, he was never, let me say this, he was never intrusive. He wasn't trying to do anything to make me lose my concentration. He was just letting me know he was there, which I want your listeners to know, and I want them to understand the importance of that because so much is misconstrued in this field that for the most part, we can all coexist. We can all cohabitate. It is not what you see on some of these shows. Yeah. yeah. They just want you to know they're there. Right. You know, that's all. And no, I totally agree with you. And and so I'm like frantically going on Google going, okay, um, Native Americans in the Bowie or South Oklahoma area, Google, 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 send, send, send. And I see, and she described him. The thing is, he was so different than I would have expected him to be. And he had a mohawk with blue hair, right? Yes, and he was very ceremonial looking. Very, very important looking, okay. you know, and yeah. very handsome, in, oh. in, you know, in his masculineness. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. It was regal. Regal. regal regal is the best way I can describe him. He right. was very regal. And he you know Yeah, and he looked like when I pulled up, you know, the Native Americans that were indigenous to the area that I was, you know, South uh, Oklahoma uh, North Texas in the Oklahoma Bowie area, I saw that there were Iroquois Native Americans that were in this area and I think it was in the actually in the early 1800s. It wasn't in the 19, it was in the 1800s, and they were very prominent in the area. And he must have been, from what I gathered, now you got to remember, I did a quick search and I had girls around me and I probably had a margarita by then. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? But it looked like, from what she described to me, he could have been maybe a chief or a son of a chief. Would that be right? Uh, yes, I would put... The age, probably chief, okay. or at okay. least high-ranking, because he wasn't young. He was at least my age, and at that point in time, I was, what, I was 47? Yeah, you're so only 49. 49. <laughs> yeah, so I would put him around my age, you know, maybe slightly older, but he had an air of authority about him. And now, it is important for the listeners to know, up until this day, I had never been down that road. I had never been to that little town. I, the only time I would go to Texas would be 35 South head to Dallas. Right. This was not an area, A, that I even knew existed before you. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's important to note because that is one of the reasons, it's one of the, the very real reasons why I'm so particular when I do certain things certain remote viewing sessions and stuff for people. That's why I tell them, don't tell me a thing. Right. Yeah. I don't want there to be any sense of impropriety. Right. You're really big on that. You're almost like crazy about that. And you had no idea where you were coming, obviously. And I, <laughs> right. And so, but you know, before you even came, 
I asked you, I said, hey, Vanessa, I would love to find some arrowheads or some kind of evidence of, you know, indigenous Native Americans around the area, because I know there's like other areas and in, in history in the area, you know, battles that have been done. And if I knew the names of them, I could tell you, but I can't right now. But anyway, it's all around this area. And you said that there are battleground just in that northeast corner, which is on their northeast, we have 35 acres. And that you said there were children buried up in that area. And I don't know if you still feel the same. Tell me what you think. No, I absolutely feel the same. They didn't disappear. Well, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know how you can kind of get echoes, and sometimes you get things of people that may or may not have been in that area. So I didn't know if that was something that just sticks with you every single time you go, or if it's just some passing. I see. So that's the thing. Tell me about how remote viewing works. It, it, it yeah, stick with you every time. That's the thing. And okay, so I'm going to give y'all a tip. <laughs> Anyone that's listening to the paranormal or, or into the paranormal or, or into psychics or whatnot, here's a tip. Whenever you hear people talk about going to a place or watch those TV shows or things like that, if everybody is regurgitating the same story for the love of all that you believe in, please <laughs> question that. Yeah, okay? yeah. Because there are so many layers to the land that we live on, to the beings that have been here. I've been all overseas, same situation. Been to Ireland twice, haven't ran into the same ghost twice, because you shouldn't. There's more to it than just a single regurgitated story that people have chewed on and spit out over and over and over again. Right. And I do believe that, you know, hauntings, ghosts, spirits, uh, whatever you want to call the haunting, you're right. It, it's an onion. And there are so many layers. And, and you get there and you may not agree with whatever else, whoever else was there. Um, you've been to Ireland many times. You're about to go to Scotland. I need to know about, yes, you know, and you're going with Gwen. I, I have interviewed Gwen Clapper on my podcast before. She also has a law enforcement background. So she goes in with this with you with so much logic. And besides you do too, because you don't take anything for granted at all. I know you. No. So you both go in. And you think, okay, you know, however many ghost shows have been here and they've provoked or they've done whatever, or you go to places none of them have ever gone to and you find, or maybe not, but you find certain things that you're like, okay, here's the deal with this particular spot. Tell me about your Ireland and your Scotland trips. Cause I see, I have an affinity for anything in the UK. I love the UK. I know I lived there in one life or maybe two. I don't know. But tell me all about your adventures there with Gwen and, and your production team. You have a whole production team. And tell me about that. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. And what people need to know about Gwen and I with Perfect Trust Productions is we never, and I can say this with a clear conscience, we never go to a location to prove to anybody it's haunted. Mm, ever. Right. We don't do that. We document and we communicate. Right. And that is if they choose to allow us to document 
and communicate. And you know what? People think, oh, that takes the fun out of it. No, it doesn't. It makes it real. Right. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. I think people that think that are crazy because I can tell you right now, some of the most profound experiences we had in Ireland didn't have anything to do with the paranormal. Really? We interviewed some of the most amazing people there. Some of, I mean, just their stories about their lives and their ancestors' lives during the famine and the history of the little towns and the trials and tribulations that the residents went through. These are the real real stories. stories. Yes. I mean, okay, let me go ahead and call a spade a spade. (laughs) Could Gwen and I have went over there and done an entirely paranormal docuseries with all the oohs and ahs and the scares and this, that, and the other, could we have jumped around the whole time and said, did you hear that? Did you hear that? (laughs) Could we have done that? Absolutely, we could have. We could have. But that's not what we do. There is a reason we call it a docuseries, because documentaries have to have some basis in truth. And we we are so focused on that and so focused on the people that are entrusting us with their stories, that we would not do anything to jeopardize that trust. Yeah. The same thing goes for Scotland when, when we go back over there. I've been once already, and I've been through Mary King's Close. I've been through the vault. I've been to Edinburgh Castle. I actually did, when I was in Edinburgh Castle, I went into what I called the war room. And it's where the weaponry is and everything. And they have a book, this unbelievable book that has a list of the names of everybody who died in service over there. Yeah. I had to leave. Really? I had to leave. I had to actually walk out of the war room completely out of the castle and go stand outside. Because if there's one thing that I draw to me, it is military. It's servicemen, it's soldiers. I draw them to me somehow. I mean, we have it on videotape in freaking Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, Virginia. But you know what, Vanessa? It's funny you say that because think about that Iroquois Native American, Iroquois warrior. Think about it. That was a a military warrior for the Native Americans. I mean, it really Uh, was. Yes. Somebody in a position of power. Yes. And I think the reason that this happens is because I'm not judgmental. You know, I know, okay, best explanation. I am absolutely fascinated with Vlad the Impaler. I could go to the castle ruins in Romania. I could sleep there by myself. I would be fine. And people think I'm crazy for that. And they're like, well, Vanessa, he put people on pikes. He did all of these horrible things. And my response is always the same. You did not live during that time. He was doing what he thought he had to do to protect his people. Would you behave any differently during that time than he did? Probably not. And you know what, Vanessa, isn't it all about intention? Exactly. It really is. And it's never been the military people or the warriors that have ever tried to harm me. I mean, now granted, they can get a little robust in wanting to communicate. And they all come at me, you know, from all angles and I got to calm them down. But But they're always, when I tell them, hey, you've got to back off, you've got to give me a minute, let me catch my breath, and then we can get to business. They're very respectful of that. Right. It's because I think they know I'm not going to judge them. Right. I'm not going to do that. It is because the world has changed so much, everything's so different now, that we judge people differently, and it's almost like they know it. They don't, right? 
Well, and it's not, that's not why I do what I do. I'm oh, not, right, right. I mean, they're dead. Why am I going to judge them? Why am right. I, that right. is such a waste of time. That is not why I have this particular skill set. It's so I can act as judge, jury, and supernatural executioner of these people. That is not what I'm supposed to do. Right. So to honor whomever it is that gave me this job, I do the best job I possibly can with it. But in Edinburgh, I mean, I did have to walk out. It was just too much. Wow. And that's because, unfortunately, when I do try or start to try to communicate with them, some of them can't help but make me feel the way that they died. And that is, it's an unfortunate side effect, but it can be quite painful, but it is not intentional. And I don't blame them for it. It's just a side effect. Right, right. And when it's too much, I just have to extract myself. But that having been said, with the rest of Edinburgh, I mean, I've said this about Ireland too. You can't walk down the main street of Edinburgh and head to Starbucks and throw a stone and not hit a dead person. <laughs> right? I mean, they're all over the place. They're all over the place. But Vanessa, how do you handle that? I mean, okay, and it's great that you, you know, you see them and all that, but do they just kind of pass by you and go, oh, she can see me? Because you hear all these stories from all these other ghost places that say they're contacting you because no one can see them and they're desperate and blah, blah, blah. How do you handle it? If they need me, they'll reach out. But if they're just going about their day, I'm not going to interrupt them. They're just people. But is that residual or is that just I'm here because I'm happy here and I don't want to leave and I'm happy, don't don't bother me, move on? It could be both. Okay, all right. It could right. be both. You okay. have some that's residual. That tends to follow a pattern. Residual tends to follow a pattern. If it doesn't follow a pattern and it happens at different times or it goes for months and not happening or, or whatnot, if there's alterations in the behavior um, or if there is interaction, which shows that it's an intelligent haunting. If they want to reach out and speak, that's fine. But if they don't, I'm not going to act all high and mighty and say, you're not supposed to be here. I need to send you into the light, which is just a big <laughs> yeah. old bunch of BS, y'all. Just a big old bunch of BS, okay? For real. It is a two-way street. They could come and go as they please. Right. So well, I do believe that, that yes. Is, that is yes. A, one of the things that absolutely astounds me is that when us as the living take a stance of superiority over those who were here before us and try to scooch them out and tell them they don't belong here. How dare us? But, but you know, Vanessa, there are some that I think do need to go away and aren't best here and aren't best serving us, right? Well, I mean, if that's the case, if that's the case, which I've done this, I've talked to dead people for 47 years. Going near every day in some way or another, even when I was trying to block it out, I was aware of them. Just because I didn't utilize my skills doesn't mean I didn't have them. But if that's the case, it is a rarity. It really, really is. Okay? From what I understand, I mean, when you go to the other side, you can kind of control your atmosphere. You can decide, hey, I want to go back to that house that we lived in and, and let's be there. And it's almost like the movie The Others where they're living their best life and then the people that are living there are their ghosts, you know? And exactly. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's weird. It's as if our meat suit, yeah. <laughs> it's as if our meat suit makes us more important. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that because 
I'm in my meat suit, so if I decide I want to go to Chicago, because I'm in a meat suit, I have to get in my car and physically drive 11, 12 hours to get to Chicago. And she means meat suit by body. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But if I'm not in that, and I am the energy that was me, if I have not been reincarnated, then if I want to be in Chicago, boom, I'm in Chicago. Right. You can't kill energy. You can only contain it. Mm. And when the container is gone, it's, it, it is able to roam free. Gotcha. No, that makes total sense. Gosh. Okay. Wow. I just think that as a paranormal field, we get a little pompous. No, I, okay? yeah, and I agree with you. I do think that there are shows and, and people love to sensationalize it and, and all the things. But I do think it's all about intention. And it's all about love and it's all about connection. And it really is more about that than everything's a demon. Everything is a shadow entity or everything is all bad, right? Yeah. And see, and I just don't fall for that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I just don't fall for that because, I mean, the thing is, it rolls around to something that is just very, very simple. It is the fact that if you were a nice, decent person in life, you were a nice, decent person in death. If you were not so much, you remain not so much. You know, that doesn't mean that there can't be certain levels of evil out there. Um, But in my 47 years of being exposed to this, I've only come across what I would consider to be an evil that has never lived as a human. Only one time. Four years ago. That was a shed or no, a barn, right? Yes. That was really bad. Now, I have run across spirits who were less than nice, okay? <laughs> but it is what it is. Uh, just because something pushes you doesn't mean it's trying to hurt you. Maybe they built up too much energy trying to tap you on the shoulder, and it was like, boom, you know? Just because something is dark doesn't mean it's negative. Any more than just because something is light means it's positive right right and i and i've noticed on some of these shows where they think it's evil 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 and it's really just i want to be seen i want to be seen you can see me or someone else in your family can see me and i just want to be heard blah 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 that's the whole reason you go to ireland it's the whole reason you go to scotland right let me give you a a, yes let me give you a really good example of that this is going to shock your listeners Um, the team that I have worked with off and on for years out of Sheffield, they had a private location and investigation that they were going to be doing. So this wasn't going to be live stream because this was somebody's private home and it needs to remain private. They had been having activity in a, a home in Sheffield. Like I said, we weren't going to live stream this because it was private. Right. Where they thought it was something truly negative because stuff was getting knocked off counters, somebody was pushed. And people like to go negative, don't they? They love that. They love to go negative. And it's just like... It's ridiculous. Let (laughs) me explain what it actually was. They actually had, and they were able to go back, I believe, and verify this from the area, not specifically for that house. But you have to remember... A house today might not be the first house to ever sit on the land, okay? Um, But there was an adult male who was mentally challenged. Mm. Okay, yeah. Who had passed away. And so he was like an adult male but had the mental capacity of a five-year-old. 
Right. Now think about that. He's a trickster. It's not like yeah. the show Ghost Whisperer, where when they die, everything goes away. It doesn't work that way. And when he would have what could be construed as a tantrum, he would knock stuff off the shelf. When he would try to get your attention, he did it like Lenny of Mice and Men. He didn't realize the strength. Lenny's my favorite example for something like that. Right. But he didn't realize his strength. So imagine how awful it would have been if this poor guy who did not realize what he was doing, imagine the terror he would have felt if somebody had been brought in that was calling him evil, that was calling him the devil. Mm, Good point. I didn't even think about it that way because I think 99% of the time it's not something evil. It's not something uh, demonic. And, And I do have a question though for you because... We have the land out in Bowie, and I never asked you this as a friend because you know what? She's my friend, guys, and you know what? I don't bug her with questions, but I'm going to do it on my podcast Um, (laughs) because I just realized that elementals are part of land, and I'm going to interview someone who knows about fae and all that coming up and jinn and fairies and all the things, but I do think that if there are elementals, and I'm not even sure what those are, and you'll have to explain those to me, I do think they like what we're doing with the land. We're taking such good care of it, but can you elaborate on that and tell me what you think and your thoughts on that? You're not going to like it. Uh-oh. No, it's okay. I want to know. Okay. This is one of the reasons why I am very weird about labels. Okay. Elementals are made up. Okay. They were made up by a man named Paracelsus in the 16th century. And what he did was he made up elementals that would work with his alchemy studies. So the elementals that he used, there's four of them. And basically it's like earth, air, fire, and water. But he he talked about the gnome being of the earth the undine being of the water, the sylph being of the air, and the salamander being fire. Okay. So over the years, and he did this so that there would be a, a visual for it, just like in a tarot deck. You know how you have a tarot deck, and a tarot deck is made of major arcana and is made up of lesser arcana. Right, lesser yeah. lesser arcana are the suits, which your swords are your fire, your pinnacles are your earth, your wands are your air, and your cups are your water. Same situation. This put a face to the elements for his alchemy. Okay, no, that makes sense. Okay. This is this is from the 16th century. So it's what, four, 400 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that's how recent that is, which I find that fascinating because in the paranormal community, and I actually did a YouTube video on this, in the paranormal community, people latch on to a word and run with it. And it's unfortunate because most don't look into the origination. So, I mean, Paracelsus did take some of these ideas from previous folklore, you know, in different areas. Right. But but again, I mean, we have to look at that. People have taken that term elemental and really twisted it into something that fits their agenda. And I don't like that. I could I could come out tomorrow with a made-up name on something that I encountered in Ireland, and within a year it would be used 
commonly. And let me just talk to you about this because I've heard so many people talk about elemental being part of a fae. And so that's why I, and I don't know anything about this, Vanessa. So understand that I, mm-hmm. I am so ignorant because <laughs> I have no idea, but you know, you hear about this and I had somebody tell me, and this was gosh, way back in another interview saying, you know, you guys, you know, we went through a fire back in 2009 It totally just devastated our 35 acres. And we, you know, lost the house that we had out there, but the barn was metal and it stayed and there were some things that stayed and all that. But we pretty much lost about 95% of everything that was out there. And uh, there were some big trees that were able to stay in the big pastures because my husband kept it mowed. But somebody said, you know, once you started going back and once you started helping the land and doing what you did and you and you made a big stock pond and you you put fish in them and you did these things whether they want to call it elemental or whether they want to call it whatever they want to call it they said that the land was very appreciative now i don't know if that's okay okay that maybe that's a better way to put it maybe right yes and and keep in mind when most people in the in this particular community or field use the term elemental they're using it with negative connotations Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. See, I didn't, and they didn't say it like that. They were like, elementals, watch over your land. And that's kind of how they made it to me. And I should have told you that. Well, and what it boils down to, and especially in your area, you have to think about it. I mean, your area existed well before you did. Oh. Okay. People that lived on that land well before you did, including people like the gentleman that I explained earlier. They had their own set of beliefs. They had their own gods. They had their own people that they prayed to for rain or prayed to for their crops to be plentiful, to pray for a good hunt. So if you honor the area in which you live, it was honored before, and you're taking care of it. Those who had been prayed to before very much might look over you as well. Do you see what I'm saying? No, and and they were just calling him that just maybe because they, they didn't know to call them anything else. The word for it. Right, and that may be yeah. what it was because it was very heavily and like very thickly treed, you know, when we first uh-huh. got the property and my husband, you know, made it to where we could actually have a house out there, a little double wide at the time. Now we, we built a house out there now after the fire. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't the kind of land that, we would have thought that anybody could have really camped. It was so thickly. I mean, there was areas that were open in the very front, and that may have been where they gathered. But from what you told me, it was it was on our land, but it was on the other side of our land. But, you know, there's a piece that I get, and it might just be because I get out of the city, and I'm on, oh, no, you know. The land is peaceful. You've been I've there, been you there. know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have. Yeah. You have. Yeah. But in regards to what you were saying, though, when I was in Ireland, when Gwen and I were in Ireland, we right. went to a place called Cave of the Cats, which is also known as Morgan's Cave. And right, right. We actually descended into this cave, into the ground. Now, it is guarded by these very small entrance, is guarded by these bushes that are believed to be protected by the Fae. Really? Um, yes. And here's the thing. When you go into a place like that, honestly, y'all, let's just go ahead and say it. When you go into anywhere, you should go into it as a guest, right. as a guest to somebody's home. Right. It would yeah. have 
never occurred to me to mess with those bushes. It would have never occurred to me to disrespect the area I was going into. That's true. I, yeah, I would never have thought of that. Right. Did that happen? Yeah. Uh, people do that. A very prominent TV show completely disrespected it, oh you know, God. and it would it would just never occur to Gwen and I to do that. If Okay. Another example. We are in the little teeny tiny town of Balladrine. And which is has like I don't know what eleven hundred people right, in it, right. you know, and uh, there's probably more people dead around it in graves than there is actually in it. And we were going very very late at night into the cemetery because they're not closed up like they are here. And uh, ironically, this is after we went to Morgan's cave, and one of Morgan's symbols is the crow or the raven. Right. And Gwen and I, ironically had a murder of crows that followed us all around Balladrine the entire what? time we were there. Stay, yes, yeah, stayed on top of our motel, followed us to the cemetery in the middle of the night, cawing. You don't hear crows cawing in the middle of the night. Not in the middle they of the did. night. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. But, but, when it, but we're talking about respect, and what I mean by that is Gwen and I are both pagan. And when we got to the gate of this cemetery that is right over by the Catholic Church, immediately, no disrespect to our belief system, but in respect to the nuns that were buried there, our pinnacles went underneath our shirts. Really? That does not diminish our faith, but it honors theirs. I totally understand what you're saying. And you know, how poignant, and that you're mature enough, and that you, or you understand enough, that was the message that was sent. It wasn't um, something negative or something sinister you know exactly now did we run into negative things while we were there yes we did did Gwen and I both have physical things happen to us yes we did but would we do it again in a heartbeat because we got to actually show real Ireland oh yeah hashtag is history over hype we go into it Wanting to document history. And if we get paranormal, great. If we don't, that's okay, too. You have a great story. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. don't get to see every day. No, and that's the thing. It's, is it as exciting as somebody that, you know, there's all the hype and the, and the music in the background and all the jump scares and all those things? No, it's not. If you love history, but you also love the paranormal, this is like the best thing ever because what you guys do is my jam. It really, it really truly is. It's both worlds. It really is, yeah. All I can say, you know, praying we actually get, we were supposed to be in Scotland next month, but due to the Rona, you know, having <laughs> had to delay, yeah. okay? And uh, so hopefully sometime between August and October, let me just say that we did the best we could with what we had in Ireland Scotland will blow you away. Mm. We've had a team on the ground in Scotland doing research for over a year. Oh, wow. But let me ask you this, Vanessa. You do readings for individuals. So I you, I know. So tell me if they call you and ask you for a reading, what they can expect and what they can get out of a reading from Vanessa Hogel. Okay. So because I have a full-time job and I'm co-owner of a company out of Virginia and an artist and an author, my time is very limited. So I take readings when I can. This is not my job. I never want it to be my full-time job. So people need to know that. What you can get out of a reading with me 
is, first off, it's $50. Um, that is for an hour. So I am expensive. And that is amazing. Yeah. And um, what we do is uh, the reading itself of the cards takes 10 to 15 minutes. You're not allowed to speak because the card needs to do the talking, not you. I don't want to cheat. I don't want to take any information from the client. And uh, that tends to work out very well for me because they're generally very surprised. Then we have about, you know, 45 minutes after the actual reading of 10 to 15 minutes to sit down and have a nice long little chat and go through everything once I've done the reading. Nice. That means nice. it can be um, it can be a past, present, future reading. It could be deceased loved ones coming through. It could be, you know, things that they need to work on. I'm going to be very honest with you. It is whatever the powers that be think you need to hear at that time but isn't that the best way to do it and i know i know people do this leslie i know they do it and that (laughs) is fine for them yeah but i do not believe that you can go to somebody and get just a past life reading because a how can you verify that (laughs) anyway um and or b (laughs) i can never guarantee i'm going to speak to the exact dead person nobody can guarantee that I don't care who they are or what they say right it doesn't work that way at least for me I will never make those promises um I will tell you this I almost never advertise and every single one of my clients is repeat or referral right take that for what you will sometimes I can be booked out two months in advance three months in advance it's not easy when you work a schedule like I work so I work them in as I can I do the best I can with that. I try not to make people wait. I don't charge extra if it's an emergency because that I just do not understand. But expect if it goes 10 minutes over, I'm going to be like, all right, I got to go. You know, because nine times out of 10, I'm going to be either hungry or have to pee. Okay. (laughs) It's going to be one of those two. Um, Yeah. But but that's what you can expect. Um, I make no promises, but I have very happy clients. Right. Do I have them put their reviews all over the place? No, I don't. I don't. And you know? that's what surprises me. Well, you get a lot of good reviews. Don't don't get me wrong, but you don't say, "Oh, give me a review." They just do it because you're amazing. Because, and I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. And we organically met. So, in my mind, this is not some kind of promotion that I'm doing for a friend. This is someone I legit met because of the work that she does. Period. Aww. It is just the truth. And I appreciate that so much. I really do. And I'm getting ready to say something that's going to be a shocker. Uh-oh. Okay? <laughs> I, I want people to understand this. I don't want them to think I'm being blase about it. But I turn down reading. I have people that want to come to me every month. And I turn them down because I don't want to be a bill. And I want them to believe in themselves enough to not have to come to me. So I'm probably the only psychic out there that's trying to put herself out of business. If I never did another reading, I would be okay with that if I knew that my clients were good. Right. And it's funny because I'll ask Vanessa stuff and she'll ask me a question right back and I'll be like, but I did, but, but what, but, and she'll be like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well that the answer is already there. She goes, there you go. And oh you do that all the time with me. You do that all I'm the seriously time. I know. put myself out of business. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I have a job. 
You know, so yeah. it's not it's not my goal to make a living off of somebody else's fear. Right. You know, or indecision. I, I got a compliment last night from a reading. And I can say this compliment because nobody will have any idea who it was. But I've done like three readings for them. And my last one was about a year ago. And they said that it literally changed their lives. Oh. Because... They, I, I cried. I got off the phone and I cried and I messaged Gwen and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this information. My heart is so full. And it's not because of I was able to talk to about their dead loved ones. It wasn't that. They're starting to believe in themselves. They're feeling more powerful. They're feeling, they're feeling stronger, you know? Right. And I was like, that, you know what? Nobody can ask for more than that. Well, that's when you know you're doing it right. So Vanessa, seriously, I know you have to go because you have, I do think you might have another reading tonight, but Vanessa, tell everyone how they can find you, the best way they can find you, and uh, all those things. I'm going to tell them the absolute easiest way because it takes them to everything. So if they Google perfecttrustproductions.com, that website will take you to a link to my website to our team, BPI's website, to Redbubble, which is our store. Okay, I'm an artist, and Gwen and I have that store together. And that takes them to our YouTube account. That takes them to Amazon for my books, everything. That's like the one-stop shopping. And we will be taking on authors. So if anyone out there is looking for a publisher, we are in the process of setting that up now. And there is a link, like the little three lines where you hit that, and that gives you all those categories. The bottom category is called Author Stop. And that actually, um, any potential authors can go to that, and it will give them a breakdown of what they can expect from us. And see, that is so cool. I, I, you know, Vanessa has written six books, and she has a coloring book that's like an adult coloring book that is so cool. It's got like stained glass kind of stuff in it, you know, like from the medieval times. I love it. And... People are having a blast with it, you know, and she's posting all these pictures. It's so cool. And all these red bubble sites where you can go in and grab a t-shirt, you can grab a hat, you can grab a mug, you can grab a comforter, you grab anything, shower curtains. I mean, there's everything you would want. Vanessa, you have been so amazing and I cannot wait for you guys, you and Gwen and Perfect Trust Productions to go to Scotland this year, or hopefully this year, do your work. And, um... You're my friend, and I love you dearly. I just can't thank you enough for being on my show tonight. You were my very first guest, and you have been just a delight. Love you too, hon. This was fun. We went a little bit over. (laughs) And that's okay, because you know what? I'm all right with that, because it's called editing, and I can do all that too. (laughs) Exactly right. And to everybody listening, thank you so much for your time, and I hope to be hearing from you. I hope you uh, buy some stickers or a coloring book or a comforter or, or a regular book or watch our shows. Just keep your eye out for Perfect Trust Productions because things are heating up. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on Amazon.com, so check me out. And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support and I'll talk to you next week.